Welcome to the Freedom Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Duggar. Now, many of you growing up did not receive a personal finance education. I am one of those individuals. It's not something that is commonly taught in our households, in our schools, in our uh, religious environments, and the community in general. Now, our guest today had that change or, dis- or advantage of having grown up in a household with bankers that were his parents. So just part of their conversation daily tour to educate and to teach and to provide that support that somebody generally is not receiving. Now, Michael has been able to take that information and is working to provide a true financial education to the community, to individuals and beyond. So thank you for joining us today, Michael. I'm going to share just briefly a little bit um, what I know about you, and then I'll let you get into a little bit on that side as well. So as I mentioned, grew up working, uh, living in an environment with parents who are able to provide since a young age uh, an education at the dinner table, that conversation that may not normally occur for most families. Um, Now you train families and business owners from things from the tax system, investments, leverage, loans, tax credits, insurance and a whole lot more. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know you help clients identify opportunities and fill gaps where they're financially uh, to where they want to be because they won't get it anywhere else. So I appreciate you joining us. That's right. Thanks for having me, Zach. Good to be here. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to ask you first thing, because I think when we spoke before, um, I I don't remember if I recall what location you were were, you're living in or residing in at this time. So where are you? Where are you at now? Right now, I'm in Barranquilla in Colombia in South America. And you can there tell we I'm go. practicing my Spanish because my rolling R's is pretty good. <laughs> excellent. Excellent improvement on that. Good work. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess I asked that question because there's an advantage of being an entrepreneur in a world where you can provide support and service virtually. It mm-hmm. allows you to be in a location offsite, even internationally. So, yeah, wonderful and that excellent opportunity to just work on uh, learning a language as well as continuing to provide service and support to others. Thanks, man. So, yeah, I've always yeah. wanted to learn another language. So here we go. Well, immersion is the way to go. Well, let me yeah. start by asking in regards to your early experiences in entrepreneurship, how did you mm-hmm. get started and what was the kind of what were you doing at a young age where did you find some like barriers in the road and kind of talk about the early mm-hmm. years first oh man the early years of my entrepreneurship journey were like the worst horrible horrid you know because like like you said my parents were bank managers right so my parents their philosophy was you know, get a job, work a job, keep the job, stay in the job, get promoted, get a raise, get all that yep. stuff. Cause that's, that's what they did. Right. They were born just after the second world war. So they're from that boomers generation where like security stability, you know, was everything. Right. And they were both bank managers. Right. My dad was his first job was replacing the ink wells. You know, he was like the ink well boy okay. where they had to all right. dip the pens in the ink. And that was in the early 19. 19- 70s i think and he just just worked his way up from like you know the mailroom so to speak and uh ended off his career in the 90s as a branch manager so any kind of entrepreneurship or risk was seen as bad 
borderline evil, you know, like still, still is for my father. He hates risk. Sure. Right. In the yeah. banks, they don't, they don't like risk. So he was, and he saw client after client come into the bank, needing a loan, foreclosing on their house, giving up their house, putting a mortgage on their house for a bank loan and then their business and then their business going bust and equipment yeah. loans. And he just saw all this risk all the time. So there was right. no model for me for entrepreneurship in my family. So my first few years, I just floundered. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just had no clue what I was doing, man. So it's really right. like Elon Musk says, it's like, it's like chewing glass, you know, because you have no yeah. idea what you're doing. Even if you have a background or, or people to model from, it's difficult. And that's, yeah. that's taken lightly. Yeah. Yeah. I think an education in business doesn't necessarily even prepare you to be in business until you actually are in business doing that's the right. work on the day to day yeah, learning as you go. Yeah. Actions are everything, right? Like when you, when you're in a business, actions produce results and everything is dependent upon you. So my first few yeah. years, you know, like I wasted all my savings. I, I had investments of all kinds. I went yep. through those within within three years and realized in the first year after making like this many sales calls, like, oh, I'm afraid of selling. I'm afraid of sales, you know. Okay. My, my yeah. brother, I remember being like eight years old and this memory for some reason sticks where my brother said that salespeople were evil because they yeah. convince people to do things they don't want to do. You know, the whole vacuum cleaner sleazy sure. guy and it was like oh I, yeah. I was eight years old i just took that on and then my first few years in business it was like well, i need to freaking sell and and selling isn't bad selling right. is how you help people get what they want so i had to take sales yep. courses and learn in order to help yeah. people and survive yeah. and you also uh, did you work with a um, multi-level marketing am i correct on oh, that yeah. yeah so you yeah, gained couple, some couple, experience couple different ones. Yeah. through uh through yeah. sales yeah, you're really vulnerable. You just you're going for the dream and you're vulnerable mm -hmm. and people want to pitch you things and you think you just see the dream and you're like, oh yeah, we yeah. can do this. And then you realize you don't know what the heck you're doing, you don't know the product. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, can they service your area? What if yeah. they can't, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Did did you find that you gained some value in in any of their approaches to to sell, selling that you were able to then develop some skills through that? For sure. Yeah. They all had a model, you know, they all have a yeah. model, whether it's presentation meeting, whether it's two meetings or one meeting or, you know, a pitch yeah. or a video or a email or whatever, they all have a process and a system and that's good. They all have dist distribution and that's good. You have to earn it. That's good. You know, but yeah. there's a lot of ones that go bust and there's a lot of ones that don't work out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ones that have no business being in <laughs> yeah. business, you know, sure. And then, yeah. and then what I learned as well is not all the models are equal. So there's one company out there where every sale you make, you get five bucks. That's your okay. commission, but yeah. you get it for like five years, but that oh, still okay. doesn't work mm -hmm. out to more than, you know, like $600, not even right. Like $300. Sure. So it's like, yeah. wait a sec, you realize, is that worth my time? It's not right. really right. So then I went yeah. for other ones where it's like, okay, I value my time at, let's say a hundred dollars an hour. So then I need yeah. to be able to make, you know, in four hours, close a deal that'll pay me $400 or more minimum net, right? So you start yeah. to do these maths and these things and look at all these, what you know, metrics, right? Thankfully, but right. you don't know anything in the beginning, so. Right, right, absolutely. And so sometimes stumbling through is that education in itself as well as the successful moments. Now, what was it that resulted in you ending up 
doing what you're doing now and talk a little bit about what it is that you actually are doing now and what got you there and broke you into that space. Yeah. So I am a financial advisor now. So that means I advise clients on everything from investments, insurance, protection, estate, you know, reducing debt, eliminating debt, taxes, understanding the financial system, leverage, you know, finding good deals on everything from insurance to mortgages and reducing expenses. And that's that's a lot of what I do. That's a lot of my day to day talking to clients. But my favorite thing is education. So I have online courses. I have a mastermind group and I have different, you know, I have a big YouTube channel and that sort of thing. I'd love it to be bigger, by the way, but it's big for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Constantly just educating people because I realize when you know differently than you do differently, then you can have differently. So it's knowing, doing, having, you know, like the actions we take are correlated to our, our knowledge always. So I spend tons of time educating clients on Zoom or meetings or calls or videos or emails, you know, doing the math, showing them the language of money, which math is the language of money. So we do spreadsheets. I'll send them, you know, Zoom recording videos and help them analyze their investments, optimize their portfolios. And it's a ton of fun. My, my, my most joy comes out of the education. So yeah, I just, and, and, and then why you asked why I got to pass on. I realized like I have to pass on what I learned because, because people are not going to get it anywhere else. They're not going to get it from the banks or from school or their teachers or, or their parents even. So I, I got it from right. my parents. I got to pass it on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a big vision. And when you have that re- realization, if no one's doing this, then I've got to do this. And yeah. I like what you said there. People know differently, they can do differently and they can have differently. That yeah. really speaks to that education mindset and helping people to see how they can make changes so they can, have changes occur in their lives that they wouldn't otherwise experience. Exactly. My, my dawning moment for entrepreneurship came when I realized that although my career was great and everything my parents yep. gave me was great, my salary was great. I was limited in the mm-hmm. amount of people I could help, the amount of money yep. I could make and my, my schedule, I had no control over, you know, uh, one of the defining moments was like when I went, when my sister was in labor, giving birth to my nephew, yeah, um, my boss wouldn't let me go to the hospital, you know, uh, right. it made, made me finish my shift and that sort of thing. And I yeah. was like, dude, like, when is this moment ever going to happen? You know, like, are you nuts? Right. So just having right. no control over your schedule or your life just didn't feel right. My, my yeah. life didn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. So that allowing yourself that freedom through entrepreneurship to continue to help serve others and to expand your vision into doing other things as well but also to have that flexibility with location as well as time and mm-hmm. financial growth as well. Cause it sounds like you had that limitation to an extent within your field that you were working in. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. With our companies, we, you know, they got yeah. budgets and, and uh, salary ranges and metrics yep. and we got to, and when you got a job, you got to stay within those. You can't go outside them. Otherwise it's detrimental to the business. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I would like to ask for you to educate us a little bit today because, you know, there is a lot of talk about recession and what that means for us. And also in consideration of that, what people should or could be doing differently when it comes to their investment strategy or financially in general so that they continue to consider how to better set themselves up into the future. So I know this is a topic that you talk about and that you 
um, have insight on. And I'd just be interested in hearing that for our, our listeners benefit as well as my own. For sure. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. And I wanted to just improve my lighting here. Thank you. You know, oh, yeah, no there's, you know, there's definitely a recession coming. We're actually overdue for one. The signs are very clear. The signs are very evident. I've been doing webinars the last few weeks and the next few weeks I'll be doing webinars as well. Just yeah. educating my clients and friends and people that are interested because we are massively overdue for a recession. You know, if there was a global pandemic where the whole world yeah. shut down and commerce and trade and logistics and, and global supply chains are still being disrupted, then that means that naturally there will be a recession. Right. And we haven't had one. You know, the two month blip in COVID doesn't count. Two months is not a recession. That's just a, right. It's like a fart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. the, the stock market literally went like that just like for a yep. month. Right. So we're so we're massively overdue. And, um, you know, Ray Dalio, who's a, a billionaire and the founder of the world's largest hedge fund and best performing hedge fund, uh, Bridgewater and Associates, they uh -huh. he, he says, like, you know, recessions happen when spending goes down. Well, with the increase in interest rates and the massive pressure on people with their mortgages and their car loans and their credit cards and all those bills and interest rates going up, people are penny pinching. They're crimping, you know. Yeah. There's, there's a guy, a good friend of mine who um, has no life insurance right now and he has a daughter and he's got a wife. And I'm like, dude, you need like life insurance like ASAP. You just don't know what's going to happen. You know, like this other guy yeah. I know got got tongue cancer and he survived. Thank goodness. But like he just barely survived. Right. So it's like people are spending less even in places where they shouldn't be like something on life insurance if you have a family. Right. But they're spending less and that's going to cause the economy to decline. And that's going to bring us into a recession. And so the government's yeah. increased all these interest rates, which is causing people to spend less and invest less, which will naturally, naturally create a recession. Three banks, yeah. like you messaged me a couple of weeks ago about doing this podcast and right. three banks in that time, just in the last like 10 days have like collapsed. Three banks have collapsed and right. all the banks are yeah. super in interconnected. So it's natural. It's normal. We're like, it's going to be in the next like six months. And we actually, yeah. Zach might already be in this recession right now. They just haven't announced it. You know, they'll announce yeah. it when they want you to know. So I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. And for anyone that's listening later, we're recording this March 21st. So you kind of get that time frame around where we're talking about these three banks that Michael has mentioned as well. So, so what is something that individuals can be doing during this time when they start to hear recession and maybe they're not as educated in the area of finance, personal finance, and, but it brings fear in a, in a person's mind when they start to hear banks closing, recession, mm -hmm. interest rates increasing. Yeah. What can people do now to best kind of help themselves kind of look at the future for their own personal finances and their family? Yeah, it's a great question. There's a number of things that people can do, and I'm and I'm talking yeah. about this in, in my webinars. You know, okay. one of the most basic, simple things is reduce expenses, right? Reduce yeah. spending, reduce unnecessary expenses, reduce debt, eliminate debt, seek to eliminate debt because interest yeah. rates are probably going to go up one more time this year, maybe okay. even more. And that means higher interest payments, of course. Yeah. Another thing is is 
shift your portfolio immediately to something more conservative. It depends on your your education level and your financial advisor and your relationship with that person. But you're either going to do one or two things. You're going to move all your investments into cash or something conservative like bonds or, Mm -hmm. you know, precious metals. Right. Which may go up if there's a recession Uh or you're going to stay where you are. Dollar cost average your strategy into the stock markets because your investment horizon is just so long term that, you know, you're going to dollar cost average and it's going to net you know, in the end, yeah, it really sure. depends on how much you have invested. If you have, yep. let's say, you know, $3 million invested in the markets right now, and there's a recession and they announce it and everything goes down 50%, you're probably not going to be thrilled if you see mm-hmm. your investment value go down to 1.5 million, right? right? Yeah, because then you're going to have to wait it out. And you're gonna have to wait another three, four, five, eight years in order just for it to come back or go higher from the 3 million right. mark. Right. Yeah. But if you're only dealing with 40 K, you might you might be okay with your long term strategy if it goes down 50 K when the recession hits and then go up from there. But personally, I'm moving my investments to cash. I'm moving my investments to more secure options. And I'm doing other things, too, because banks are because three banks have collapsed. There's probably going to be another two, three, maybe four that will go when this recession does get announced. I'm personally moving all my money into places where I have absolute certainty and absolute control, where there's no risk at all whatsoever. So that looks like life insurance policies. That looks like pure money market accounts. That looks Mm -hmm. like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, where I'm the custodian and I'm in full control in my in my own bank, right? In my own hard wallets where I'm the bank. Um, And also, you know, some precious metals. Those are basically like that's it. And I'm putting together a course on how to become financially indestructible because, you know, there's yeah. like over 300 banks in the U.S. and we don't know which domino is going to fall when. So sure. Right. I recommend, right. you know, in, I recommend insurance is a super solid investment because it's separate from banks. Uh, yeah. Obviously, cash, cryptocurrency, where you're in control and you're the custodian. Nobody else is the custodian mm-hmm. and um, in precious metals. OK. OK. Well, that is only a summary of the information that i'm certain that you share on the webinars that you've been describing so i'd love to have information in regards to how our guests can reach out to you and to also connect and perhaps even join some of these webinars and educational opportunities what's the best way for someone to connect with you sure the best way to connect is simply you know reach out to me on whatever platform is best for you i'm on every platform Um, you know, you, if you're on my website at michaelsantanato.com, you can just connect with us through the website there. Yep. If you're on Facebook. That's your favorite. You can message me there. Uh, that's, those are kind of my favorites. I've got uh, all these online courses on how to educate yourself at uh, the website called truefinancialeducation.com. And uh, if you're already a subscriber on my email list or YouTube channel, then you're going to get notified about the webinars as well. Okay. All right. So reach out on social platforms reach out on the website, michaelcentenado.com or truefinancialeducation.com. And we'll make sure to drop these in the show notes so that anybody who wants to can reach out to you because that education is a lot more than we can share in a 20 minute episode on this podcast. So I love what you're doing because people need to understand finances, at least to a certain extent to be able to have an ability to make a plan for their own future, for themselves, for their family, for their generations to come. And if they don't get it instructed, uh, they can also lead to their own 
destruction of their finances. I love that you're creating a course for indestructible finances as well. I think that is awesome. Something that we all need. Yes. <laughs> Me too, man. Thank you. <laughs> yes, definitely. Absolutely. Well, I'd love this episode. I appreciate taking some time with you and to just chat a little bit about your background, your experience and where you're at today. And the fact that you are in a, another country and able to share your wisdom and knowledge and also get immersed in a different culture, learning a language. Love that as well. So yeah, thank you. Thank you again for your time today. And I wish you well and you continued on your continued journey. And those that are looking for education in the area of finance, please do reach out to Michael. He's a man with a lot of education, a lot of knowledge. He wants to share it. So thank you, Zach. Absolutely. Take care. Appreciate it, man.